0: In this edition, we're joined by a USL journeyman who's also had stints in New Zealand and Germany. You can find his channel, Become Elite, on YouTube and Instagram, and his podcast, Against All Odds, on Spotify and Apple. It's Howler Spotlight number 10 with Matt Sheldon. Hello, hello. What is going on, everybody? Howler Spotlight number 10. We're joined today by a true journeyman of the game. He's played professionally in Germany, New Zealand, all over the U.S., not to mention having now built up quite the social media following. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Matt Sheldon, thank you so much for being here.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited.
0: So, again, Andrew got his fanhood out of the
1: way before <laughs> yeah. we started. I didn't
2: want to do it on the mic, but I'll do it again just for the clip, the, um, the content. But, yeah, no. I'm a long-standing long, long standing fan of of Matt here. Uh, Become Elite is a really, really awesome platform and, and a brand that I've uh, been following for a while now.
0: For sure. We'll no. make sure to pl- plug it below, too. <laughs> so, Matt, the season is obviously still very young. Uh, only a few games in now. Obviously, maybe not the start that Hartford Athletic would have wanted or hoped moving in, but uh, what are some things you guys are doing at the Hartford FC camp to turn things around here?
1: Yeah, yeah no, it, it definitely has been a tough start. Um, I think anytime you have a, a complete turnaround with a new coach coming in, you know, 12 to 15 new guys on a team, it takes a while to everybody to click and start to know each other, you know, even though you have all preseason, it's still it's not a quick turnaround that everybody really wants. And sometimes you do get that. But this wasn't the case this year. Uh, but it's still like everybody on the team, from the coaching staff down to all of the players is just focused on just keeping on trucking along, keeping on working really hard and just keep on improving every single week. And I think that a lot of the results haven't gone our way because we haven't been able to string a full 90 minutes of that perfect game that we're looking for. And we just keep on having little moments of, of, uh, mistakes. And I think that just comes, you know, with the team getting to know each other know people's tendencies and you know i I have full belief that it will uh turn around
2: yeah speaking on the um like those little moments in games i remember when i was playing it's what kind of keeps you going and keeps you optimistic is like you know your team can obviously execute the game plan it's just over the course of 90 minutes and that's the most difficult thing in in football is actually executing your game plan 100 percent week in week Mm -hmm. out to get the results you want so No, that's good to hear, obviously. I mean, Hartford's a relatively new team to the USL as well, I'm pretty sure. Over the last few years, they've um, definitely grown. But um, we'll also be down there this weekend, which will be exciting. Looking
0: forward to it. Is is there anybody besides you, of course, we should be keeping an eye on? Any newcomers who you've grown close with or seen really uh, sprout at training?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think Prince Sadie, uh, right off the bat, has had such a fantastic season, even though we as a team haven't really done well. He's got, I think, four goals, three assists, and every time he gets the ball, he's just dangerous. Like a lot of times it's me as a right back and him as a right winger. My job just to get it to him and try to stay out of his way. So <laughs> that's what I've been really been trying to do. But, uh, uh, he's really dynamic, great player. And then I've, I've grown close with a lot of the guys on the team overall. Like it's a really good group of guys. That's awesome. Mm-hmm.
2: Matt, obviously we mentioned it briefly at the beginning of this become elite. I mean, half a billion subscribers on YouTube, over a hundred K followers on Instagram, I mean, you've been growing this brand for a few, like a long time now. What inspired you to start become elite?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say there's like a two reasons why I started it. Like, I dropped out of college back in 2014. I was bouncing around trying to get a pro contract somewhere, and it, I just kind of realized how hard it was and like how different it was, like the pro game, and just trying to get a professional contract was just so much more difficult and so much harder and so much so different in so many ways than I thought. And then I ended up at Sacramento Republic just training there for that 2015 season. And again, learning so much that I felt like I learned in nine months more than my entire collegiate career, my entire youth career, just learned so much. And I was like, I feel like I needed to share this and, and and tell people about it. And I knew I also in the future wanted to get into coaching. So I just was like, you know what? I'm gonna start doing one-on-one coaching and do that training kids. But then I was like, I, I you know, at an hour, I can reach one kid. But if I upload a YouTube video, it has like endless potential to reach as many kids as out there as possible. And then the other factor was that I was just training with Republic. They were kind of paying me, you know, under the table gas money just to, <laughs> to get by. But at the end of the day, I was making peanuts, tiny like amounts of money. And I was living in a, a mattress in my friend's uh, living room and I was paying like 100 bucks a month. and I still was like struggling to, to make it every single month. So I was like, I need to make, do something for some form of extra income. And that whole become a lead and YouTube channel, everything, I was just like, I can do this while traveling around, playing professionally and hopefully supplementing my my income so that I can keep on doing this for a long period of time.
2: Was it something that, so obviously the growth that we've seen now from it, is that something you envisioned for it or was that the end goal? Like, let's get this to monetize my career. Like that's, that's what this is also yeah. have to have fun with it, obviously.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I love it. And I, I loved, and I always had a passion for video editing and video creating. That was like, I was even something I wanted to go into college for as well. Um, but yeah, it was kind of like just to, to fund myself like an off seasons, or if I needed to buy a plane ticket over to Germany or to New Zealand or whatever, if I needed to go on trial somewhere, I needed, you know, money's helps you extend your career in those times where you don't have contracts. So I was definitely looking at it like that. Um, and I never really thought it was going to get as big as it did. I mean, I was filming, if you look back at my earliest videos, I'm filming on, like, an iPhone 5, <laughs> and my first GoPro, and I'm, like, just in my apartment, like, in my underwear sometimes. Like, I, I didn't think it was going to reach even hundreds of people. So, it's been pretty crazy to see the growth of it and just see where it's gone. It's, it's really cool.
2: Yeah, that's...
0: Yeah. Podcasts that we're trying to grow, that's a little bit scary because <laughs> all of our old footage is still out there and we were using... <laughs> we, we just upgraded with a new camera before. We, what were we using? It was we were like using a, a
2: Logitech, like a, a a, yeah. um, a, something, web, a it's, webcam
0: it's something you'd find in like a giant Corp type company where everybody gets one at their desk like that's what we had been using for the longest time so i i definitely feel you there but i guess my follow-up what i've always been curious about is like from the club standpoint if i was a coach or a club owner especially bringing in a guy like matt sheldon there's two good sides to that one you get an experienced wingback duh But the other side, you get oh well, he's got a little social media or a huge social media following, so he can sort of get more eyeballs on our club. There's a lot more good that I think comes with you other than just the skill set. Is that typically how it goes, or have some clubs maybe been like eh, easy with the camera when you're in the clubhouse? What like reactions do you get usually?
1: Yeah, out of the all the clubs that I've played with, um, or all the clubs I've talked to in off season, you know, when we're just talking about contracts for me coming there, most of the coaches. I think are pretty indifferent about it they're like oh okay yeah youtube channel uh, just don't say anything stupid <laughs> and, then, and then i think a lot of the i think more of the front office staff like maybe technical directors and stuff like that might see a little uh like a benefit to that but a lot, you know, honestly, there's just as much good things that come with it. A lot of people also think, is he going to be, you know, self-centered, conceited? If he, if he's not starting, is that going to be a problem now with his YouTube channel? If he can go on and say something. So I've, I've found benefits, but I've also found just as many negatives to come with it. And so that now, sometimes I even feel the added pressure that I need to really be squeaky clean when I come in and be extremely professional, you know, not have any ego, try to be as humble as possible Just show that I'm I, that really I am a a professional footballer first and I'm here to win. I'm here to perform. Everything else is, is just takes a backseat. If it needs to, the YouTube channel can take a backseat to my career. And I've really tried to show that. I think, uh, even if some coaches are skeptical, skeptical at the beginning, I think that they always kind of come around and see the professionalism, um, that at least that's what I hope you know
2: <laughs> that's funny how it ends up being that way because most it's a situation of you know fame or recognition can go to one's head and to see that you're able to balance professionalism while also you know remaining who your what your personality is which is outgoing this vibrant person on the camera um to be to be able to balance both is uh is very impressive i mean it's 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 really cool to see I'm curious yeah. to know about your beginnings of the content piece and any road bumps you might have faced because, you know, when you're doing a thing like a podcast or, you know, YouTube content, people might doubt you and might tell you, oh, like, why are you wasting your time with that? Like, you should you should get a real job. You should focus maybe focus on your game more. Like, were those things people said to you or was that something that you maybe thought yourself and started to believe that, you know, those comments and, and those opinions might deter you from doing it? Like, I'm curious to know how that might have affected you if if it was something that happened.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was huge at the beginning about people saying like, oh, you'll never become a pro. Because at the time when I started filming videos, I was just training with Republic. And then I went over to Germany playing like sixth division. And so like I was getting paid, but it was still, I was making like 500 euros a month plus like some bonuses and stuff with an apartment. So like it really wasn't professional. And, uh, like, yeah, all the comments in the comment section were like, oh, you're never gonna become a pro if you focus all your time on YouTube and editing and all that kind of stuff. Or it was like the, the, the opposite of, of just, you know, why are you doing this? You know, you're playing such little leagues around, you know, why are you showing this? Let's watch a true pro. And like a ton of comments always coming in about everything about how I'm working, how I'm training, even the workouts and training sessions that other top professional coaches around were showing me and drills they were showing me. But since I was putting them on YouTube, people were like, "Oh, these this is terrible! Don't you're never going to improve with this." So it was like so many different like du- like firing in so many different directions. But I kind of just was like, I was like, just don't you know respond to only really respond to the people that are really you know giving constructive criticism or offering words of support, and then just go from there and just keep on just taking away. And my whole theory was just let your actions be the way that you respond. And so, if, like, if I can sign a professional contract in the USL or somewhere else then that will prove everybody wrong. I don't need to reply in the comments or get mad about it. So I kind of played the long game. And then when I signed with Orange County and then kept on signing with new contracts and getting bigger and bigger contracts, um, I think I think that that kind of really put away a lot of the, the doubt, the naysayers of it uh, in the comments section. But still, no matter what, no matter what you do, there's going to be somebody who's <laughs> mad at you. Like if somebody's going to get mad at, at, at like the top, top pros, then I, how can I expect not to get any bad comments. I I was watching one YouTube video on Theo Walcott, and this was uh, five years ago or something, and he was explaining drills that he did and that he liked, and in the comment section was just roasting him, like, why would I watch this from Theo Walcott? (sighs) He's got no technical skills. I'm like, are you kidding? This guy's playing in the (laughs) front. Is that a a crazy career? Then they kind of, like, put it all in perspective. It's like, if he's getting hate and people aren't going to listen to his drills, I gotta expect hate being a USL player, Mm -hmm. you know?
2: It's funny because you... You, you see all the good comments like you're like, oh, great, great, like all those are there. And then you see that one negative comment and you're like, like, oh of course, like it, it's crazy how like the negative can unfortunately impact. But it seems like not not for you. You've obviously have had over a decade of or close to a decade of, of content being produced and growing every every single year.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah you definitely get um pretty good at just kind of ignoring stuff and like ah, whatever just moving on focusing on the people that really you know like and support you and and just knowing too that always the comment section is like the 1% of viewers most people never even comment and have like other thoughts so it's like yeah i, I just really just kind of focus on my career focus on putting out the best videos i can and then as long as, as uh, I'm getting like decent, like thumbs up to dislike ratio. That's what I always look at. <laughs> yeah. As long as it's decent and it's not, I'm not getting 99% of, of thumbs down, then I'm like, okay, maybe I should reevaluate my uh, my content in my life.
0: Yeah. And I'm glad we bring up the topic of balance because I think that, especially with someone like you, is a really, really important skill to have. You've mm-hmm. defied the haters. Not only did you become a pro player, but you also have built up this awesome following I know you have a life outside of outside of the the pitch and off camera. How on earth truly do you find time to to balance all this? I know it sounds like a corny question, but as someone who has to write like every aspect of my life in a planner, it's like so important to do Is it the same way? Do you keep a planner? Is it chock full of everything?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I have something just full out all that stuff. And and even having I had a a daughter in January. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. So balancing becoming a dad and dealing with that has been even another full thing that you have to juggle. But I, I always have like my priorities like really listed and beforehand it was always it was always you know football. It, my career is number one. If YouTube or anything else gets in a in way of that, then I'll delay my videos for a week, for a month, for a year, and until I get the football sorted. And then I'll come back and do the second priority, which is YouTube. And then now, you know, with, with my daughter and everything, the, the whole thing shifts. And now it's like, that's number one, you know, then my career would probably be number two and then YouTube number three. And so it's, it's, you know, every day it's like, okay, is, is Scarlett doing okay? Got her all settled. Uh, you know, then me, my wife and I kind of like balance who's looking after her. Cause my wife works from home as an interior designer. And there's a lot of like remote work. So we kind of balance shifting off who needs to work and who does what. And I'm passing off the our daughter back and forth. Um, and then again, it's just like, do I need any workouts? Do I have to get a massage? How's my rehab? How's my treatment? How's the training? All that kind of stuff first. And then once that's like, okay, I've, I've done everything I need to do football wise. Okay, now with the extra hour, two hours a day, I have it for the rest of the day, whether that's at nine o'clock at night, that's when I edit the videos and do the YouTube stuff and Instagram stuff and all that kind of stuff. So it's definitely that priority list that I have to go through in my mind before I can get to uh, YouTube.
0: Mm. I did Wikipedia you earlier today. That's how I know you're from Bellevue, Washington. Uh, but what's not on your Wikipedia page is that you did have a daughter. Um, so I don't have kids myself. Andrew doesn't either no. right now. Thank God for that. <laughs> is life when you think about it sort of like before daughter after daughter, like, did you think you were busy and then you had a kid and it became just like a completely different ball game?
1: Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. It's insane. Like I was even thinking back before I'm like, why wasn't I not putting out a YouTube video every single day before having a kid? Like I had, I, <laughs> looking back, I had so much, even extra time to do stuff. Um, but it's been so much fun. Like I, I think becoming a dad has been like the greatest thing in my life. It's been like my wife and I were just talking about it. Like you could be so mad at her cause she's crying or fussy, whatever all day. And then she smiles at you and you're like, okay, yeah, it's, it's all good. It's all perfect. <laughs> so that it's been so great, but yeah, the time commitment for Raising a kid is is a lot. You know, they don't, they don't tell you it's twenty four seven, pretty much. So balancing the sleep and everything, it's it definitely took an adjustment period. And we had her a week before we started preseason here at Artford. So I'm not gonna lie, I really struggled in preseason just with sleep and balancing that, and and doing everything and finding the schedule. But now with her sleeping a little bit better. My wife and I really fitting like finding a groove of watching her and finding our own times to work. And then also finding realizing sometimes that I just have to wake up at five AM when my wife and baby are asleep. And that's when I get my two hours, three hours of video editing done for the day. So it's just like finding little stuff like that. And, And it was it was definitely an adjustment period, but it's it's still working. It's working.
0: He's doing this morning sprints with the baby Bjorn. Yeah, yeah. Come on, Scarlett, <laughs> yeah. we're going for a run. <laughs> Daddy's gotta make the starting eleven this weekend.
2: <laughs> when it comes to the content itself and and the amount that goes into that, how does that impact yourself? Like the game of soccer at a, at the professional level is demanding. It's it can mess with the psyche and, and how are you able to keep up this? you, like I said, you are this very vibrant person. You can't always be like that. How how are you able to balance it and kind of take time away from it when you, when you realize that? Are you, are you pretty good at being like, no, today, you know, yesterday was a tough game or yesterday was a tough performance or right now this is what my life needs. I know you kind of mentioned that with the father aspect, but before that, like, how is that something you recognize? Are you recognizing it more and more each day, finding new ways to balance your own kind of like mental health, like personal life? away from YouTube to kind of give you a reset. So you're back to the same match, Sheldon, we see, you know, on become elite.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, overall, I think I'm pretty like a happy go lucky guy. And, and even on my videos and everything, I, I just really, my whole philosophy is just like, try to be myself as possible. Even if people think I'm a lame corny guy, throwing dad jokes out or whatever, like just try to be myself. Um, so even when like, I'm not feeling like it, if I get on camera, Like, I tell myself, like, there's times I have a video where I'm just like, I am in a really tough place right now. And I just open up and just say I'm not feeling really happy, especially when I've been injured in the past. I've had sports hernia surgeries. It took me, like, three surgeries over three years to really figure out everything. And, like, from, I'm not going to lie, like, 2018, 2017, going down to New Zealand around that time, too, and when I was with St. Louis FC, there's like a year span where you can just see in my videos that my whole like demeanor is kind of like a little bit lower, not as happy. And I, I just say it straight up, like can't, I'm not able to train or run a or workout like 100%. And it's weighing on me. And this is tough. And I just try to be super open with that. But then again, you know, you have your good days and bad days and go back and forth. But I really just kind of say, like, just be yourself if you're having a good day, bad day, whatever. Or, you know, if I need it, I've taken a month off YouTube if I think that I really just need to focus in and, you know, am on, on my training or whatever, or, or we're having a really tough p- period with the team. And I don't think it's the right time to film videos. I'll take a break. So I just kind of like listen to myself and listen to like what I'm feeling in my gut about those videos and how I come across, or even if I'm doing videos at all.
2: Yeah, that's definitely, that. that's great to hear. Cause I think people think because they're behind the camera, they have to be a particular way, but that's not always the case. And, mm-hmm. um, no, that, that's, that's a great bit of advice in terms of just anyone looking to create content or, or just in life in general.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's actually even, um, a time where I was, uh, what was it? it was, um, I can't even remember, but it was like a few years ago and I literally just said like with my injury and my body and everything, I was like, look, it's too much. I, I can't film this and, and document everything. I'm really like struggling right now. Like I'm not, there's nothing bad. I'm not, I'm not feeling depressed, but I'm I'm feeling in a darker place. And I just need to take a month. Like I'll be back. I just need to take a month off of creating videos, doing everything. I'm just going to focus on my rehab. And I'll see you guys in in 30 days. And like, that was helped me so much. And it definitely like looking back on it, like I was really glad I took that in that time. And I just straight up told everybody like why I was doing it, what was going on. And everybody seemed to really understand and respect it, which was cool.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. And that, that kind of transitions to my next question around the impact you're having on, on your fans. The people probably in the comments were supportive of you, the ones who are with you day to day like through YouTube. Do you ever realize the, the, the kind of impact you have? I know I was explaining before we hopped on, my brother mentioned he used your videos for his own coaching lessons. Is mm-hmm. that something you hear about a lot? I know you mentioned you don't really see it in the comments as often, but do people come up to you that they may recognize you? Or um, are you aware of... of the impact your videos are having in general?
1: Yeah, no, it's it's been really cool with being a, a pro footballer that I get to travel around so much and play in different games and different areas and different teams. And, and pretty much whenever we go to an away game, um, I'd say for the most part of the last two or three years, there's always at least one person who comes up and says like, hey, man, I really enjoy your videos. You know, they help me here, there, whatever. And so I think that's my favorite part before the game, after the game, seeing that. Even if we have a really tough game and lose and I'm, I'm mad and I'm pissed off and frustrated, it's really cool to be walking off the field and then have somebody who's just so excited to tell you that you impacted their life. And that's like the best part for sure. Um, but it's been really cool to be able to see that in so many different cities and, and travel around because if I wasn't doing that and I was just stuck in my city or whatever, in my routine, my bubble, I wouldn't get to see that as much. So that I get to see, but um, I hope I understand. I hope I, uh, appreciate all the, uh, everything that's going on with all everybody who watched my content, you know?
2: Yeah, that's awesome. I guess, um, I forgot that question.
1: If you want to go.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. I, 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 you mentioned wanting to coach down the road, which I think is, mm-hmm. uh, an interesting point based on the content you make. Do you think, you know, as you see yourself down the line on the touchline, do you think your content will change all that much necessarily? Obviously there will be a new perspective and, you'll have been going through it. Um, but at the same time, do you feel prepared for that in terms of what you want to keep putting out there just because it's so consistent with what you do now?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've thought about that a lot. Um, especially as I'm, I'm turning 31 this summer. So I'm like, you know, I'm 31 not, years young. I, I, <laughs> I feel, I feel great. The body feels fantastic, but, uh, I, I definitely see that I'm no longer 21 with my entire career ahead of me. I'm starting to see that, okay, I'm, every team I go to, I'm one of the older guys now. It's, it's, it's getting close. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, <clears throat> but I, I've thought about a whole bunch of things about how what I want to do after I'm done playing and what I want to do with the channel. I think that I will always be in front of the camera, for at least for the foreseeable future, next 10, 20 years, giving advice, doing the talking stuff. I don't know if I'll keep on doing vlogs and showing my day-to-day life if I'm no (laughs) longer playing. I think that'd be a little bit boring to be like, oh, yeah, here I am making coffee, just getting ready to go to to work or whatever. And same thing as a coach. I don't know if I'd want to do that. Uh, But I would definitely want to have the channel and keep making content and then maybe shift the focus to players that I'm coaching or players I'm working with that I'm trying to send to become a pro or help help to become a pro and shift it to their stories and their day in the life and their all their content and everything while showing maybe drills that I do coaching training sessions that I do and tactics and talking about that. But I've thought about a whole bunch and we'll see I'll just kind of cross that bridge when we get there.
2: I see you've been uh, you've started the against all odds podcast. Is that mm-hmm. something also you're looking to to kind of expand further into post post career?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's been really fun. I think the that podcast is. I love the dynamic because you get to be with your teammate who you have, you know, banter with. You've talked with you, you know, and so it's very easy to have jokes start flying and everything. And it's it's been really fun. uh But again, doing that with the YouTube channel and then being a pro as well, it's been it's been tough. I think honestly, what I'll do the first year is is keep on growing the podcast, keep on doing the YouTube channel, keep on. Uh, trying to, you know, get my coaching licenses and be a coach and just see where I'm the most passionate about. And then just really kind of dive into there like 80% while I keep on getting some other stuff going and do that. And honestly, that's how I, my YouTube channel kind of developed. I went on there being like, okay, well, first I said, I'm not, I'm not going to do YouTube. I'm just going to do Instagram, <laughs> just put some Instagram videos. And then people in the comment section were all giving me feedback of like, Oh, we'd love longer, Tutorials. More, we see you have a good shot, good long ball, whatever. Can we have a longer tutorial on YouTube? I'm like, I reluctantly went there, and that was <laughs> just it. a tutorial. And then people were asking like, Who are you? Like, we see you're still playing. Like, you say that you're staying playing with your team. Can we see about more about your workouts and diet? And then I reluctantly went to vlogging and showing my day in the life. I was like, I'm not good in front of camera, but I'll try. <laughs> and then it went to like, Okay, now can you show more with your team and show more behind the scenes of a pro and everything? And then it kind of it, it evolved on its own. So I'm guessing once I'm done, it will kind of take on its own path just as I see, you know, the, the feedback from people, the constructive criticism and, and also what I like doing and filming.
2: Have, having been reluctant to, to piece yourselves into these other um, forms of content and day in the life, nutritional videos, training videos, what's been your favorite piece of content to film since you've, since you began this whole thing?
1: I think what was crazy is, is honestly the, uh, the vlogs, just the day in the life videos. I think that has been like, and I think that's what really took my channel and kind of exploded it in a way. It went from like, I was getting a few, like 60 views on videos, a hundred views here and there. And then as I started doing the day in the life series, I think I did like 20 videos over the course of two to three months. And my channel went from like a thousand subscribers to 10,000, just like, like that in a couple of months. And it was like, oh my God, this is crazy. And then like, that was when I was getting the best feedback about. And then, so I also started really enjoying that because it's like, you'd be the most creative about it. It wasn't just me sitting there with no personality, talking to a camera. It was like, okay, yeah, let's really go along my day and show my experiences. And then now also looking back on those videos, it's so cool to be able to go back to Germany and see videos of me in my little tiny apartment (laughs) or to go to New Zealand and see that with my host family or to go to whatever team I'm playing on and see my teammates, the jokes we're making, like living there, living in that city. It's like a full, um, nostalgia, like just craziness whenever I watch those videos. So I, I, definitely think those vlogs are, are my favorite.
0: Do you think this is still sort of an untapped market for players? Cause I know you do need to be a certain type of player. It's worked out really well for you. It's worked out really well for guys like Ben Foster. And I think about how successful you guys both have been in in this business. Do you feel like this is something that a lot of players should start to catch on to? Again, it does take a specific kind, but is this something, if, an, if a teammate was like, hey, I want to start doing these videos, is that something you'd say, yeah, absolutely?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've i had that before in the past. Like Teammates come up to me like, oh, I'm interested in doing a, a vlog or something. And I'll just straight up, I'll just be like, look, try it out. Go on my channel. I'll give you the camera for a day, you film your day, and just we'll see how it goes. And then usually they see like the editing, how much work it takes to edit the stuff, how you know, all the behind the scenes, and they're Like I don't know if I can do it. Uh, but if you like being from the camera, and you're a player, and you are you want to you'd like enjoy and you enjoy editing, and you enjoy being that creative side as well. Like I think the, the potential of of what this market could be for following pros is is just the beginning because you've seen players like Ben Foster explode. Like even for me, I'm playing in the USL. I'm not a a, a big pro at all. This is like the smallest form of professional you can play. I shouldn't say that. It's, It's a good level. It's a good level. But there's much, much higher levels out there in the world. Many, many leagues that are doing a lot better with a lot bigger fan bases. And I think if any of those players take that and they are that type of person who wants to be in front of camera and show their lives and they're smart about it and don't do something dumb to ruin their career by <laughs> saying something really stupid. As long as they do that, then I think the success there, they players can blow up. And there's players even like Ryan Tapazoli, who's playing, I think, in League One with uh, Wickham Wanderers. He's done exceptionally well on YouTube. Same thing, vlogs, behind the scenes, life of a bro, just doing really well. I think there's like Michael Cunningham. He's playing Nisa. Um, but there's, I think so many other players that they're interested in it. It's, it's not saturated at all yet.
0: So a little bit of a pivot we wanted to take here. And that's mainly just because we are so interested in your viewpoint on this topic. We were down in Charleston a few months ago, but doing a lot of work with them. I know you're familiar with that club. You did play there. Um, mm-hmm. so you're really, pretty familiar with the fans. Uh, they largely seem to voice their discontent. MLS Next Pro was something that uh, started last year. Um, a lot of fans, uh, some understandably, believe that it's caused an issue uh, with the USL. It's it's pulling talent away. Guys that aren't necessarily good enough to be playing on an MLS side should be loaned out to the USL, which makes the USL a lot better. Instead, they seem to be taking their own route and doing this direct league. Not trying to put you in the hot seat, not trying to get <laughs> you in trouble, we promise, but... You know, you've been around for a while. You're an, an experienced USL guy. What does this league mean to you? And can you maybe give an idea of what the large player body feels about it?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think that the MLS Next Pro is a really, really good opportunity for those players that are, you know, 18 to 21, maybe maybe up to 23 or so, that aren't ready maybe for the the physicality of the, the complete men's game, but have potential. And, and or, like you said, or, or the ability to get called up to the first team like that is it's awesome. And I have lots of friends who currently play in that league, and they talk really highly of it. But, you know, I do see the benefit of having the leagues kind of separate. I think that in a way, the USL Championship, what I love about this year, is everywhere you go to play, you're playing in front of an independent team that you're playing in front of their own fan base, their own team. It's it's all theirs. And that comes with more fans and more exposure. And, and I really like that aspect. I thought it was a little, um, i got to choose my words carefully. (laughs) I think it was, I think I definitely looked forward to go playing at Louisville City last year in front of those fans in that club than going to go play against, you know, Atlanta United too in front of a much smaller fan base um, playing against younger players, even though those players are, you know, Caleb Wiley and players all like that that are exceptional. I still, you feel more like a pro and it feels cooler, I think, when that whole league has that independent like aspect about it, which I think is cool. You know, not again, I think it could be, there's pros and cons of, of really merging everything and having a proper, you know, there's one league per tier till you get to like the fourth tier or something and, and not diluting it as much across different leagues. But just personally, I think a lot of the players and I think a lot of players as well, if I could speak for them are happier that it's, there's no MLS two teams in the USL championship.
2: That's well said. I guess, mm-hmm. what's been your favorite memory of your USL career so far?
1: Um, I think scoring my first professional goal. It took me a long time to score my first professional goal. <laughs> but, well,
2: you are a fullback, technically, so it makes yeah.
1: sense. <laughs> yeah, but there's fullbacks out there who'll score in like their third game. <laughs> yeah, But I think scoring my first professional goal for Tulsa um, in front of the home fans, it, it was just the best moment of my career, I think. And, you know, everybody's got such a cool celebration where they go off and, they, you know, quiet their fans if they're away or they do some cool thing. And I just so overcome with just an excitement that I just jumped up and did like 10 fist pumps and like almost your punched my teammates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, I was just so excited about it. And that was like a moment that I, I will never forget for the rest of my life. Um, and I think also the second goal that I had, you know, I'm just talking about my goals, but <laughs> yeah. the second goal that I had was, Keep was really... Coming. It was really memorable because all my entire family was in the stands and they don't get to see me play in person often. And they, you know, I even score even less often. And so the fact that those two lined up together and my family was in the stands when I scored a goal, it was like, this is like, you know, I should buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> Love that!
0: Yeah, that's pretty incredible. Maybe your third favorite moment will come this weekend when we see you score against Slating yeah, United. We'll, we'll be there. On that Saturday. would be that pretty. Would be, that
1: would be fantastic. You know, that, I would not be opposed to that.
0: And they're giving us press badges too, which is a mistake because we'll run right out on that field and we'll we'll jump on. you. <laughs> we'll be
2: vlogging as well, uh, just for yeah. just for uh, a heads up. So we'll, we'll hopefully get you uh, scoring a goal oh, yeah. on Saturday.
1: I've heard about that. How are you guys finding uh, the vlogging process?
2: We so we did the Charleston Battery. Um, fan experience, fan experience vlog. And I mean, it was really awkward filming in the airport. It was really awkward <laughs> filming in public places. I yeah. was mostly doing, I, I did most of the travel on the way there um, with the camera on and people look at me. I got yelled at by TSA for having your camera on, um, on the plane. But once we got down to Charleston, it was kind of a smooth process. I mean, we had the sun gave us a little bit more life. It was a gorgeous a gorgeous weekend the game was amazing the fans were amazing We got to interview um that amazing fanhood down there in charleston there were some um we got we got the goal on on camera so yeah overall the experience was a lot but it was also a really really good learning experience and then post you know editing everything was also a lot but i think it's it's so fun to look back at what we were doing like we were going through the videos laughing at the ridiculousness yeah. of the things we leave out and and it, it was overall for me a really fun experience it can be overwhelming but the more you do it the better you get at it the more you want to be creative with it so me personally I'm excited to to try it again this weekend in Hartford and hopefully keep doing it for more USL clubs as we as we keep to as we keep growing so
1: yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's very awkward though in yeah. public. Like, even I've been doing this for seven years and it's still it's so awkward. I'd still wait until like people clear out a little bit <laughs> yeah. and I talk in front of them. But would, yeah, it's cool.
2: I think someone gave me a piece of advice. They said, do not look at anybody. Like, yes. naturally, you're going to look at somebody when you're just walking and. But if you have a camera in your hands, they're going to be like, What are you recording me right now? Yeah. Like, what is happening? It yeah. sounds so much I think, easier I than a real think Ben is.
1: Foster is so good at that. Like, I watch his videos <laughs> all the time. And he just, if someone's like staring at him, he's like, Oh, how's it going, mate? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. He says <laughs> something like, Just like a, a funny, witty comeback or says something funny. And then it's just like, Oh, yeah. It just brings him into the vlog. It's he's really, I mean, he's so extroverted. I, his vlogs, I mean, his career with his what he's doing with his YouTube channel and his podcast, and everything like that's that's like top tier. So yeah. yeah,
0: we're trying to emulate he's that. He's a human golden retriever. He really <laughs> is. Like now that I think about yeah. it, he just nothing really phases him to a point where he's always that baseline level of excitement yeah. at all times. <laughs> mm-hmm. Andrew's underselling himself, of course. Not only did he do the travel down, but also did pretty much all the editing and it was a very was fun a te- process. It was a team
2: effort. We, had, we got the music down. The music was fun. We added music to it. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. The transitions, like just going through what we want to keep and then improving upon that on the next one is going to be a, a really, really good experience. You got any tips for like
1: you said, like you said about going through the footage and like laughing like that's something that even for me and my wife going back on our old vacations or whatever and seeing that like because I'll vlog a vacation. I'll just say at the beginning of the video, like there's no soccer content here. This is my honeymoon. I'm just (laughs) I'm just recording. And like, I will go through it and I'll watch it back. And like, I'm laughing and remembering all of the little jokes that we had, just so cool. And even with teammates, sometimes I'll be filming an off season series and, and someone's like doing something so funny and you just look at it. Sometimes I can't put in the, the videos for the public, you know, but it's just, it's, it, I love it. I think it's so cool. And, uh, it also comes with the, the professional aspect of it too. I think recording my training, there's so many little times where I'm like watching me back and then, especially when I'm training with other players that are better than me, uh, when I'm training with MLS players, I can watch like Rubio Rubin or guys that have played in the Scottish Premier League or whoever, like watch them shoot, watch them pass, watch them touch the ball and move, compare it directly to myself and be like, oh yeah, I, I need to do this. I need to get that touch further out. When I'm crossing, I need to lean more. Yeah. And, like I've learned so much. So it's like, that's such a cool aspect and, and balance of like enjoying it. And it's so much fun and goofing off, but also... I've learned a lot from just studying and watching myself play for hours, even train for hours and hours and hours.
2: And it's kind of even maybe subconscious too. Like you you don't even realize how much you're picking up on yourself of your game. And I was able to watch your um, New England video, uh, New England Revolution, every touch you took. And um, that's also a really cool way to analyze your game. And, and also just to share to people. This is how a fullback – you know, this is what, this is what I did in this position. Someone can learn from that and apply it to their game. So that's, that's amazing. Yeah, that's, that's really
1: cool. Yeah, thank you.
2: Uh, We're going to transition here before we let you go, Matt. We like to end off with quick fire questions. So Tristan, Mm -hmm. if you want to start us off.
0: Okay, so we're going to be in Hartford this weekend. We're looking forward to it. What are a few things we definitely have to do besides seeing Hartford? Obviously.
1: Hartford. Mm, uh, I think that West Hartford is the best area. Like a Weeha,
0: right? That's what they call it. Weehaw,
1: <laughs> yeah. Weehaw, weehaw. So, okay. restaurants out there going to like bars or open, especially if it's going to be nice this weekend. I don't even know what the weather's going to be. I think it might rain.
2: Yeah, Saturday's supposed to rain a little bit, but
1: uh, we'll get it. Well, the then,
2: uh, <laughs> I'll bring an then, umbrella.
1: Yeah, bring an umbrella and go to a nice restaurant in West Hartford.
0: Love it. Favorite footballer of all time,
1: uh, Ronaldinho.
0: Mm, okay, uh, biggest pre match superstition.
1: Um, I like to have a big, a big breakfast, a, a medium lunch, and then a smaller snack. It has to go big, medium, small. <laughs> okay. I like that a lot. Yeah,
2: I like that too. Howler of your career. So toughest moment, an own goal, uh, scuffed clearance, whatever it may be.
1: Um, I would say probably this last game, honestly, against Phoenix. I had a bad touch when my team was up for a corner kick, missed the touch, and then they kind of countered and scored. So that was probably the last <laughs> game I played in. Hallow of, hallow what of do you career. say
0: after that? Yeah. Are you like, hey, my bad? Is <laughs> is my bad a big thing after that? I'm not even sure how I would address the what's, rest of my.
1: What's crazy is like, I mean, I didn't even really say. I the first reaction is always just put your face in your shirt <laughs> and put your head down, and just try to hide. Right. Um, but I mean, like I talk about this team so awesome. Like every, I think I had four or five guys on the field either directly say something or either come up. Like Kyle Edwards came up to me after the goal, shook my hand, the striker, and just like, keep your head up, just keep playing, you know, you're fine. And just so many different words of encouragement. But then once after that, it's it's literally I'm telling myself, don't change anything. Like keep being aggressive, keep playing your game, act like it never happened. And still that next pass that comes into me, I'm like, I have to take a good touch. I cannot let this one go under my foot. But still, it's just like, just be aggressive act like it doesn't phase you, even if it really does phase you on the inside.
2: I have, I've had moments where I've completely messed up and you don't want anyone to look at you. It's, it's difficult, but no, like you said, that's the best reaction to have after a situation like that.
0: But, well, hmm. Matt, you are a pro athlete. You are a social media content creator. You have a family, and you still found time to be on our podcast today. And for that, we are incredibly, incredibly grateful. We're looking very much forward to seeing you this weekend play. It's going to be an awesome game. Make sure you do a knee slide into the our vlog shot. I'll get that you on be, the vlog, yeah. Yeah, I was just
1: going to say, I was like, I better make an appearance on the vlog. Yeah. Maybe.
0: Are you kidding me? You'll be helping us out. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but thank you so much for having me. It was it was really fun. All right, See you guys.
0: Hallers
2: uh, Spotlight Number Ten. Thank you. Thank you for joining the Howlers Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe. Don't forget to check out our link tree and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Twitch, and YouTube. See you all soon. Bye-bye.